Welcome to Charting the Course, the official podcast of the Hilton Group at UBS. I'm your host, Betty Galligan. Let me tell you a little bit about the Hilton Group. Established in Newport, Rhode Island by Jamie Hilton in 1991, the Hilton Group Wealth Management at UBS Financial Services is focused on serving a select number of ultra-high net worth clients who see Jamie and his team as personal CFOs, providing customized and tailored wealth management strategies. Today, we're talking with Jamie Hilton, Managing Director of UBS Wealth Management. He's also a Certified Exit Planning Advisor, which is a designation that he earned from the Exit Planning Institute. Our topic for today is exit planning. Jamie, we were mentioning that there are seven of the top transition strategies for exiting a business. Now, why are there seven? I think in a textbook, there may be seven, but I think that when it comes right down to it, the proper strategy is is the strategy that's best suited to the business and the owner. So their circumstances, like so many things in life, are very specific to the business, the owner, the family, their desired outcome, and the type of business that it is, the size of the business, all those things enter into what may turn out to be the right sort of exit strategy for the business owner. And I think we should probably clarify strategies a little bit because when I think of strategies, I think of that's like the how we're going to go about doing something or the best approach for doing something. But maybe we can also, would you agree that we could call them options for exiting a business as well? I would say that there are different options, different strategies, different, you know, so, so just to go through the seven, there is, you know, the idea of the intergenerational transfer. So that would be where an owner or owners sell the business or transition the business to uh, future generations. There's the sale of the business to a third party, which is fairly self-explanatory. The third option is recapitalization, where the business owner brings in new capital, could be in the form of a potential partner or a financial buyer who provides uh, capital money to invest in the business, whereby the owner can monetize some of their investment in the business. They still remain involved in the business, but as an ongoing entity, the owner is essentially partially exited, doesn't own the whole business like they might have before, and outside money is brought in to, one, provide the owner some business, some capital to take out of the business, and also provides uh, fresh investment into the business. The fourth option is a leverage recapitalization where the, the business borrows the money to uh, provide new capital for the business, but also let the owner take some money out of the business. And then the, uh, the sale to the partners of the business, if there were partners in the business, they might want to buy one of the other partners out. The sixth option is uh, a management buyout. That can take a number of different forms, but it's essentially where there might be a, a single owner, for instance, and some of the senior management of the company have been there for a long time, decide they want to continue the business. And so they structure a deal so that they buy out the existing owner in either in one one transaction or over time. And then the seventh option would be the sale to employees, which would be through an employee stock ownership plan. All right. So that's a, a real rundown of seven different strategies or options that a business owner could use and consider. Would they be working with an advisor to know which one is best? 
I think you have to work with uh, not just an advisor, but I think you want to have a good team, uh, whether it's a mergers and acquisition attorney, uh, an investment banker. Uh, in some cases, there are uh, brokers who help smaller business sell their, sell their businesses or, or exit their businesses. It, it's, it's, I think before you get to the point of which of those seven, for instance, might provide the best exit, there's an awful lot of work that goes into uh, the process before you arrive at what of those seven strategies or tactics you might choose to uh, exit from the business. That makes sense, which we talked about in a previous podcast about the pre-planning process. So someone would be considering one of these options at some point, but they would know in advance if that would be more likely to succeed for them and be the best option, right? Yeah, I think it's like so many things in life. It, it's there, it, the circumstances of the business, the, the the preference of the business owner, the 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 outcome that they want to see for their business, how they want to see the business continue after they're after they're no longer involved. All those things feed into what the right sort of strategy is for for exiting the business. In some of those cases, like let's take the one about the employees buying out the company, for example. When is the right time for them to? tell their employees about this is that this is going to happen or is there like a right time for these things to be communicated in some way i think an awful lot of work has to be done before that gets communicated to the employees or else he can really upset the apple cart Mm -hmm. i I think you know in many cases you need to do a lot of groundwork to and and due diligence and preparation and education of the owner uh before you come up, before you begin to advise anybody who's outside the immediate closed circle of folks who are involved in the process. So, so I, would be, I would be very reticent to share that with the, with the employees at large until you knew that that was the process because change is difficult for people to, to uh, adjust to. And so some folks might feel really energized by the idea and others might not be so energized by the idea and you don't want to, you know... Uh, impact morale potentially adversely until you're ready to move ahead with the plan. Absolutely. I was just also thinking about the investor portion of that, where you were talking about recapitalization and and an outside investor. And then what if that falls through, but that was what the business owner was planning on? If that were to happen, you would want that to happen behind closed doors so that it, it doesn't impact the potential ongoing process of exiting the business Mm -hmm. in all cases is it the goal to continue the operations of the business as opposed to shutting the doors is that also an exit shut the doors shutting the doors is in some cases it's a it's it's an option i mean i i know a little bit about that personally i mean oftentimes it's it's not the uh the most desired option i mean i mean my dad's business he built a wonderful business but as I mentioned before, the business he could the business could not be disentangled from my father, and all of the relations with the clients, the customers, were all through my father. And when he uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer, and even though he was in his late seventies, he still loved going to work. He was energized by it. It was really his passion. He just couldn't do it anymore. And sadly, he died about three months after he was diagnosed. And I personally had to take the company through Chapter 7 because without my father, there was no customer. 
uh, base and the business had to be sold and we sold it off piece by piece, machine by machine. Wow. That's really sad. Do you have any sisters or brothers that were involved also in the business? As a matter of fact, uh, no, because even though my father was the third generation uh, in the clothing manufacturing business, which was the business that, that, that he was in, uh, no one from my family, none of my, there was eight kids in my family, none of us went into the clothing business. I was the youngest of five sons, and I talked to my father about going into the business, but he said I really had no taste in fashion uh, <laughs> or clothing, so it probably was not a good idea. And he was probably right, <laughs> candidly. <laughs> but it's not the first time I've heard a story like that where the father was either had passed away suddenly or you know, unexpectedly, and then the, the sons and daughters had to come in when they weren't really involved in the business. And they had to do what I would call maybe cleanup or in one case that I know of, continue the business along and just jump right in and see what they could do about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's not the ideal process. And that's why I say good business planning is good exit planning, because if you operate from the standpoint of not as though you're looking as though you're going to sell the business on any given day, but if the business is run in such a way that I heard once a saying, it works so you don't have to. And it was a fellow named Michael Gerber who wrote a book called The, uh, the E-Myth. And what he was talking about was he used McDonald's as the perfect example of a business. When Ray Kroc built the business, it was a, a, a billion-dollar business that could be run by 18-year-olds because they could run the stores and he didn't have to do all the work. And it was a classic case of the business works, so he didn't have to. And if you can build a business like that as a business owner, your chances of success go up dramatically. Mm -hmm. And your ability to exit the business becomes much, much easier and probably a lot more profitable. Well, because you really have, in effect, exited the business pretty much in the beginning of the business, really. Well, you've built something that, that is not entirely dependent upon you to continue operations. That's the hard part. That's, that's one of the biggest struggles for many, you know, small business owners is can the business continue on at the same level without the owner being so deeply entangled or involved on a day-to-day -day basis? That's a big challenge. That is. That's right. Now, what would happen if a person chose the wrong option at the 11th hour, right? I mean, they were proceeding along, their exit planning was done, and they were proceeding with the transaction itself, and then something might have gone wrong or they just decided to change course? Like, is it ever too late to be able to change course? I think if you're going through the process in the, in the right way and you're doing your due diligence and your preparations, the chances of an 11th hour switch of exit strategy would be pretty low. That's good to know. So you can have confidence in if, your plan. If you find yourself in a position where at the 11th hour you're changing strategy, you probably should go back to the drawing board and, and, and start all over again because that, although you might get, it's, that's different than a new buyer, you know, might present themselves. But if you've done your homework and you've re done your research and you've looked at it from every different angle and you've got good advice, you're going down a path with great deliberation and, and conviction as opposed to doing it in a manner that all of a sudden you might find yourself changing your mind at the last minute. That would be a sign of a bad process underway. 
Right, right. That makes sense. So who should an owner call first when the idea of exit planning pops into their head for the first time? That's a good question. I think, I think it, once again, it depends. It, it, it may be their accountant. It, it may be their financial advisor. It may be someone that they know, depending upon the nature of the business. It could be a, you know, a, a mergers and acquisition attorney, or, you know, a, a, an attorney who does business deals as their primary you know, focus. Could be any one of a number of folks, but I think that the the key is is to start the the process with due consideration and not in a hurried manner. Because as the saying goes, that the educated consumer is the best customer. In this case, an educated business owner who is eyes wide open about the reality of their business, the value of their business, helps to inform their process. And because I think one of the ancillary objectives is to try and remove as many surprises as possible. And you remove the surprises by being better prepared. Got it. It's almost like you had said in the past podcast that we have done about this exit planning process is not only to know your exit planning options, not only to know what kind of experts are out there and educate yourself about exit planning, you should be exit, you should be educating yourself about your business because there's, we have to put this into a package. You have to package it up. You have to know about your financials. You know about your operations, know about how your employees are going to continue on, know what your customers are looking for. All of that is so important to like a healthy business can end up in a healthy exit, right? I I think that that's true. I I think, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time here talking about about getting the, the business itself ready to to sell or to for the owner to transition out of but there's also a lot of work involved for the owner themselves to understand what life is like after they sell their business what they what sort of resources they need to maintain their style of life you know the 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 quality of life that they've had before they don't necessarily want to take a big drop in quality of life just because they've sold their business so there are other planning considerations other than just optimizing and maximizing the actual sale of the business. The owner needs to think about what they themselves need. Stay tuned for more topics and episodes, and be sure to visit advisors.ubs.com slash the Hilton Group for more information.